Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV on a Balls Make Wednesday. Hope this finds you doing better than Jim Seals. I'll explain momentarily. I'm Jeff, that's Tom. There's Director Matthew. On Twitter, it's at Cameron Show. Dude. So the reference to uh, to old Jim Seals, uh, you know, Tom, on the show, we've had fun pointing to uh, horrific songs from the 70s that uh, outlasted their usefulness and were very, very popular at the time and sometimes played on the Jeff Cameron show for that reason. So he worked with Croft? That's correct. Okay. That's Seals and Croft. All yes. right. Yeah, Jim's dead. He just died. Uh, oh. yes, he died yesterday. That's why I said, I uh, hope this finds you doing better than Jim Seals. Uh, oh, goodness. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you may recall Seals and Croft, everybody. Uh, spectacular hits such as Summer Breeze. When I say spectacular, I use the word loosely. Was a big hit. Was a big hit. Diamond Girl, I do believe. Seals and Croft, if uh, if memory serves. Uh, you know that song. Diamond Girl. Doom, doom. You know that song? Be careful. That was very close. We might get dinged for copyright <laughs> because it was, it was so accurate. <laughs> well... Can't help it that I perfectly imitate a piano. Uh, so it's it's. I would just tell you that um, that yeah, those are the those are those are the two that I know. I'm sure they had more hits. Their their kind was appreciated in the mid '70s. Yeah, summer breeze. Summer, summer breeze. Summer breeze made it to number six. That was a big hit. That was a big hit. Diamond Girl made it to number six. Oh, so I named the two. And Get Closer in 1976, featuring Carolyn Willis. Also know, made I, it that one I don't know. To number six. I don't, I don't know that one. Uh, there, I'm sure driving down the road playing GTA or something, there, there, a song has come on and I've gone, oh, that's a, there, yeah, that one. That's Seals and Croft. 
Because <laughs> you couldn't. Anyhow, he's dead. We always make note of these things because we used to occasionally summer breeze. I think working up till we got to Frank eventually because we were looking for summer songs. Well, so we may have used summer breeze was a, a, a standard. You'd, we'd probably mix it in once a week or so until we found Ambrosia. But uh, Frank was not allowed until May 1st. Because that April was still a little too cold, little too and, cold. and May yeah. most ballparks are starting to warm up, and you're feeling that breeze. That is correct. So that's where that was. Hey, I didn't make mention of this last hour when we were talking about Florida State being projected by Bill Connolly and SP Plus to finish third in the ACC Atlantic, twenty eighth nationally. Um, that in that article that previews the ACC Atlantic, and I'm guessing the ACC Coastal will drop tomorrow. Uh, or if it already hasn't, um, I don't, the coastals, you know, whatever, but I looked at the Atlantic and, uh, down at the bottom, they have certain, uh, anniversaries or highlights for the ACC that he listed. No, 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 no. There are, there are some good ones, um, or of the programs in the conference and they weren't always in the conference. So for example, in 1987, Syracuse went 12 and 0, but they weren't in the ACC, but they went 12 and 0. So does the ACC champion that the way they do Notre Dame successes or Miami successes? Yeah, well, the SEC will. You know they're going to tell you about Oklahoma's championships <laughs> when they join. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll happen. But, uh, oh, speaking of pre-ACC, Florida State streak in 1987 began, which is duly noted in the piece, which is what I was happy about because it reads as follows. Now, all of you know this. We as Knowles know this. But nationally, I like for people to be reminded of this profound greatness that has unequaled, has been unequaled, and probably will be moving forward. The only streak of consistently elite play that can possibly compete with what Alabama has done under Nick Saban since 2008 took place in Tallahassee, Florida. After hitting a rough patch in the mid-1980s, Bobby Bowden's Knowles beat number 6 Auburn and number 5 Nebraska on their way to an 11-1 season and number 2 finish in the AP poll. They wouldn't finish outside of the top 5 again until 2001, winning national titles in 93 and 99. Uh... And came within a loss of potentially doing so in 88, 92, 96, and 97. Oh, but alas, yes, they did indeed. Hell, even Alabama has fallen out of the top five a few times during Saban's current run. Yes, yes, they have. Unmatched is, is right. Unequaled. Yes, that is correct. That is the one that proudly we point to as a streak that may never be beaten. It is pretty awesome. And there are some other notes in that article, such as uh, you and I both appreciate, always liked Jim Grobe. Nice man. Got a chance to talk with him, as I always point out when uh, we bring up his numbers. But uh, in 1992, 30 years ago, Wake Forest won its first bowl game in 47 years. 47 years! Sweet Jesus! It got lost in the shuffle because, of course, Florida State was just steady beating everybody's ass in 1992. But Wake Forest went to and won a bowl game for the first time in 47 years. Can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. You That would have been fun, sitting at the bar with that guy. I remember the last time we won a bowl. You do? Good Lord, Arnold Palmer. You have been around a long time. 47 years. He's a weight graduate, if you guys get that. It was the Marlboro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, smoke him if you got him right there as you walked in. It was great. That's what they gave the players. Unfiltered. Always. Everybody got a pack. The guy that smokes a pack or two a day, even in today's climate, 
in a in an odd way commendable. I, you don't see it much anymore. My son pointed this out. Who smokes now? I was like, right, exactly. Everybody's kind of figured out that you can't oh, do that. And I'm like, well, you've sheltered him well. Hipsters smoke, but yeah, but I'm like, not not too many people. Either ones that were grandfathered in who simply cannot stop and are waiting to die, or uh, hipsters. That's it. That's it. Nobody else. Nobody else smokes. Or former addicts, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's maybe the exception. Like if you uh, you're kicking black tar heroin in recovery, and you need to you're in recovery. You know, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you know, you're trying to fall back on something to get you through the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if you're putting the black tar heroin down and going to the lucky strike, all right, I got you. Fair enough. I wonder what the impact of the increasingly legalized weed has been on the cigarette business. Can't be good for it. Probably not. Yeah, because if you're going to smoke, smoke something that's better for you and makes you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> that's an, an advertisement. Yeah, yeah, it just turned into like a Geritol ad. I'm just Christopher saying, McDonald. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> show. yeah, just holding it up. There's my guy. Yeah, no, I know. Here come the sex ads on the chat. They have been relentless. Yes, they have been. Relentless. They're like, no, don't you understand? Make it HD. It's HD. It's not standard deaf naked. It is butt-ass naked HD. Guys, high-definition butt right here. Click on the link. High-definition ass right here. (laughs) If you're driving down the road and you're asking yourself, what is Jeff Cameron talking about? Uh, That would be uh, in the chat on uh, Warchant TV where people can watch the show and comment and ask questions and or make observations. And advance the show uh, yeah, with those questions correct. sometimes. Yeah. What happens is because uh, it's a show that's uh, wildly popular and lots of people are uh, are locking in, the, the, the sex apps uh, or advertisement, they come on there and they say, over here, over here, enough about Wake Forest winning a bowl in 1992 for the first time in 47 years. We've got HD butt. I think that's what this is. I think it was the spring game watch along slash post game show. So when you're doing one of those shows, as as you know, you filled in last year mm. uh, for the Louisville game. I did. Those comments fly in fast, fast, and so they move the line. So you, if you go to like the newest comment, it gets bumped up every maybe second or two. The amount of people typing is insane for those things, and it's great. It makes for interesting conversation. Sometimes <laughs> you go, "What in the world?" Well, my man. You made me laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Please keep going. I'm about to spit something. I was laughing so the, hard. Uh, the founder and administrator may have clicked on one of those and posted it oh! and wiped it on the bottom for like five oh, seconds. Oh, what are we doing here? As I'm making a point about maybe the linebackers, I'm like, oh, well, it looks like they won the day. <laughs> There's oh nothing we can do now. <laughs> when, when you said, "I oh, I just love you. You're great. Oh, that was so good. The, and it's great. <laughs> Uh, Tom is a company man. That is so good. I don't even know of what you speak. There's sir. a lot of people chatting, and you know they're all typing it. And it's great. It's great. <laughs> oh, that was just a good one off. That was good. Uh, uh, you never know what'll get through you. Sometimes well, you know you're like, all right, I've got a one liner that's killer, and you're like, eh, shut up now. And then there are other times you say something, and bam. It well, just permeates you the membrane. You typically know that uh, I'm a bit of an absurdist, but uh, I would say the reason that was great was just how 
in character, you said it so well. It's like, it's almost believable. Like, that was, that was really what the fuck he almost pulled that off. That was like <laughs> Sean Penn in his prime, like Mystic River acting right there. I was like, like, look at this. Look at Tom. He just kept the wheels going. Hey, man. You know, when I walk into this building... Yeah, it's time to lock it in. Here we go. Let's lock it in. You are. Hey, when I had to walk up the steps after Jacksonville State hits a bomb touchdown, I saw there were no flags on the field. Mm. In those 16 steps to the second floor, metamorphosis happened. It was all right. Let's lock it in. You do that better than I do that. I um and there's and there's pluses and minuses to both. And uh, I would say that you know obviously being overly emotional after the program's most embarrassing loss in its history. Uh, is not a good is not a good thing. There's plenty of emotion to go around. Got to got to step away. So you're attacked in that moment to be professional and to say, all right, now let's let's figure out what this means <laughs> for the program. Let's really dive in here about where we're at and what this represents, big picture. If we can get to the bottom of it, because there's there's really no way to tackle that night. I thought of you because I there I sat watching that and I was in shock. I just. I did the thing, the staring off in the distance thing, where you're like, hmm, okay. Okay, that just happened. Well, the reason that I was able to handle it is, you know, we haven't had a whole lot of success as a football program since no, the post-game so the show expecta- was launched. Yeah, so, so the I'm expectations like, were minimal. Oh, I've done this. Now, this is another chapter. It's a new low. It's a new low but and inside. I've been conditioned for this moment. If you think I'm not ready for this moment, then you don't know the post-game shows that we've had to do. Like, you know, Norvell when he had COVID and we played Miami on the road and they could have named their score. They could have named their score. Yep. Like Notre Dame in South Bend. Could have mm-hmm. named their score more than that once. Yeah. yeah, More than once. And we were at one of those. And one of them I was actually kind of like, eh, you know what? They got a little bit better tonight. And then the next week they beat uh, North Carolina at home. Well, that was because in the fourth quarter with the game already out of hand and Notre Dame averaging – 15 yards per carry on a yep. counter, they decided uh, to keep fighting and to make a stop inside the five and to really continue to play. It it showed that the buy-in was there. Right. The, the, the talent wasn't there. The execution wasn't there. The actual winning of games wasn't had, there, but the buy-in was there. And we'd seen so much quitting over the last couple of years yes. that this is actually a small victory. It's the thing that has sustained this fan base for the last two seasons. It's that they know the kids that are here, those that are holdovers, and there are a few and far between of those guys now from the previous regime, but those that have also committed and said yes straight out of high school, that if there's one thing we know, they're bought in. They're bought in. And buy-in's important because what are we talking about right now with this baseball team? We're not sure there's buy-in. Like, the, the games aren't being won in a way that is satisfying, and there's not enough of them, and the outcomes are not where we want it to be from seasonal uh, aspect. But also what has us greatly concerned is that, okay, well, that's all well and good, uh, but are, are we sure there's buy-in here? Like, do the players want to be here? Because if that's not happening, those results uh, are different those results mean more because if they're the byproduct of not just poor play but also an indifference because they don't like playing for the guy, then we've got real problems on our hands, right? That is not what comes up. And I'm, I'm saying if that's what's happening. We talked about last hour with Mike Alford having to figure out where this program's at and where they're headed. But if you but if you look at football, you don't have that question. And, and in many ways, I think that's what sustains a fan base. You say, okay, well, they're fighting. They care to be here. They believe in the guy. 
we, we just got to get the results now. At some point, results yeah. matter. I know Jimbo used to say they don't, that it's about process, and don't worry about the results. The results will come if you're doing everything right. I don't know if that's completely true. you you got to get some results. At some point, those results are the only things that are going to allow you to get the players you need to get better results. And so buy-in's nice. They've had buy-in. He was able to remove the toxicity from the locker room. There is real buy-in, a belief amongst all supporters around the program, in the athletic department, and on the field with the players. But now we do have to have some damn results. Yeah, you just don't expect to see. And, and I know that we didn't have access to practice for Willie's tenure or you know Jimbo's towards the end. But when you have dysfunction as a program, that's going to rear its head in practice. You're going to have moments of drama where you know coaches have to leave and settle somebody down. In the case of Jimbo towards the end, maybe coaches <laughs> getting at each other and they need to be separated. Yeah. Like you have all of these things that I mean are completely nonsensical when you're trying to build something that's a winning program. I don't ever expect that to come. Like it doesn't even enter the 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 mind as this is something I might see today when I walk over to the practice facility. You're not going to see anything if, if there's going to be a stoppage in practice, it's because the competition has gotten so heated that dudes need to be separated because it's the same running back releasing into a route against the same right, linebacker. Right, right, right. Three rotations in the reps in a row. And now they're really mad at each other. And so the familiarity breeds the contempt. Whistle, whistle, get that's the hell out of here. That's a different deal, yeah. But it's not somebody shouting down a coach or walking off the practice field or getting right. kicked out of practice or a coach yelling at another coach and no, then there's No, when that crosstalk. happens, you're done. There's none of that. There's none of that. Now, that's great that that foundation is laid. Yeah. Can we stop now, talking about it and we start gotta, winning some yeah, games? You exactly, know? because in ver- it's a catch-22. If you don't have it, you long for it because without it, there's no possible way to take a step forward. But once you have it and you don't have results, you get damn tired of falling back on it. At right. least everybody's trying. Yeah, well, that, that's the bare minimum, everybody. Right. It has a shelf life, though, of being notable. Sadly for us, it did. Yeah. It had a shelf life, and that is no longer you know, To his expired. credit, to Mike Norvell's credit, if you bring it up to him, and it has been brought up to him before that, hey, everybody tries real hard to practice every day and everybody seems to be on the same page, he'll get angry. Like, yeah, man, that's bare minimum. It's almost like he's saying, what are your expectations for me? They're that low that you're celebrating I got everybody to be on the same page? Look, guys, that's bare minimum what we have to have, and we have it. Next. And that tells him all he needs to know once it's over. He's walking back to the office. It was that bad around here? Yeah, yeah, that surely tells him. First of all, you know that because you looked at the film, Mike, before you took the job. But yes, it has been that bad that we're still talking about things like that. We shouldn't be anymore, but we still are. Well, because it was shocking when it reared its ugly head. We were, I, I'm telling you, I go back to the 10-3 and 3 campaign in 15 where I began to say, oh, man, I don't like this. I don't like where we're headed. I don't, I don't think this is going, moving forward, this does not portend of success. And then, of course, they had another 10-win season the next year, right? 2016? Yeah, and it, with but, the Orange Bowl but win. But they yes. were completely lost. We knew mm-hmm. it. We we knew it was a mess. Yeah, the funny thing was, in 15, I agree, by the end of the year, specifically the bowl game, you're like, ooh, all right. There's a little bit of uh, we don't care to be here. Don't now, care at all. Now, you kind of get it in, in the moment because you're not in the playoff, and what is this even? This is a It's a New Year's Six Bowl, but really it's the same thing as Shreveport to these kids because it's not for the title. Mm-hmm. But during the course of that season, I was happy with that defensive effort, and certainly was they happy hit. With, with. They hit. They were they were physical uh, in fifteen on defense. In sixteen, different story. The Louisville game was in you. The uh, I mean, how much time Papuchas would know he was on the other sideline? How much time did North Carolina have? Mm. You know, to go down the field and put themselves in a position to kick a fifty whatever yard field. I mean, they had like fifteen seconds. It was something crazy. Well, it's the dumbest thing. And that was a heroic effort. I, I, you know what? I felt as bad for Dalvin that day as I did for Jermaine up at Clemson. 
Because Dalvin's effort that day is completely lost to history because we lost the football game. What he gutted himself through, yeah. what he gutted himself through that day, you could tell he was in extreme discomfort. I can't wait till we have markers. We have these moments that we're able to talk about this program without having to reflect on how things went south and how long they have sustained the poor play that we're currently referencing. Like, I want new markers. I want something to look back on and say, you know, they're not where they need to be at this position or this group's going to have to get better or this coach has to make some adjustments here. But it's not always this hearkening back to building towards, oh, well, there were moments where we realized it was off the tracks. Can we have enough success that we're just making minor adjustments? Like, can we get to a place where we're like, oh, you know, this may be nitpicking, but if they're going to become an 11-win team year in and year out, they're going to have to get better at this. Can we just have that damn discussion right. centered around this team at some point? That That's where you want to get to. Yeah, it's um, kind of like a hockey team. You know, yeah, if, yeah. If they win this series over New York, and it's looking increasingly likely, but you never know. Hockey's crazy, and mm-hmm. we, could, we could be staring at a 3-2 deficit. It's a good deficit. team that we're facing. It's a really good team. It's, well, when they scored the third goal with 41.6 to go in game two, that was it. You know, I want that the moment. moment. I want that moment for this program. Like, yeah. Well, you know what? When they were down three with 42 seconds to go Went against down LSU, scored, yeah. and they won that game in the Superdome. That was the moment. They believed. We believed. We look back on it now. Boy, the program took off there. Yep. Yeah. That's when everybody bought in. Come on now. Well, Let's get that moment. Bought in, you mean that they I mean, have the a fan chance. base, yeah, the fan, NIL, yeah, yeah, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you're thinking about solar panels, don't forget to think about the condition of your roof before you sign a solar panel contract. Call T-Spark Enterprises to come out and inspect your roof. The last thing you want to do is have to pay an additional ten grand or more to remove your newly installed panels to have a new roof put on. Don't do that. There's a benefit to replacing your roof at the same time that you have solar panels installed. In fact, there are opportunities for tax credits to boot. Make sure you check our friends out at T-Spark Enterprises. Of course, I uh, endorsed them for a very good reason. They did my house, not solar panels, but a new roof, and they did a great job. And I know somebody that they did solar panels with, and they did a great job there, too. So T-Spark Roofing and Construction. Go check them out uh, online, or uh, obviously you can inquire more in the days and weeks ahead if that's something that's on the summer resume. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is sponsored by the legendary team at hamilton home loans great rates cutting edge technology and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at fsuhomeloans.com Don't worry, 
Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Uh, Jimmy, you bring up a name, and we've talked about him on the show before, but I'll address it here because it's a position of need, and any time a name comes up, especially a name out of the SEC uh, that played the position of need, of which I am mentioning, uh, we, we tend to perk up. Although when you look at him, it's, it's hard to get a, a read on um, who he is. Okay. Uh, the, the, the Turnitine kid from South Carolina is an offensive lineman that, uh, started, uh, what was it? Six or seven games, Tom, for South Carolina. He's a kid who lost his job. Was the game against Western Michigan, Central Michigan? Who was that game against? He got benched, uh, after not that many snaps. He was able to find his way back on the field and lost his job more than once. But got it back more than once, from what I can tell. He's a big dude. Uh, it's just, is that an effort thing? That has to be an effort thing. We talked about this on the show last week. I believe at one point he had a grade of something close to zero for a yeah, game. He had a pass block grade of zero against mm-hmm. Eastern Illinois. Eastern Illinois, that was the game I was trying to think 47 of. snaps, 18 pass blocking uh, snaps, and a zero grade in the pass blocking department. Yeah, so Jimmy, I bring it up. You bring it up in the chat, and it's it's worth bringing it up here to talk about because he had a zero grade uh, for a game, and I, that is disconcerting, especially when you look at the measurables and the fact that he played in multiple games uh, and actually had a good grade uh, in a game against a good team as opposed to, say, those awful marks where you see red. Um, you see red against Eastern Illinois and it concerns you, but yet you see green against, say, Tennessee. Right. And you go... Well, what in the world is going on here? And that's where I would say that if you look at his season grades, they're not good. The overall grades for his career there, they're not good. But there are moments in the sun where he's not terrible. You would be bringing him in, surely, I think, from a depth standpoint. But you do have to ask yourself, uh, if you bring in a guy that has – Multiple years left to play? Does he have multiple yeah. years? Yeah, yeah, that's a pro- I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to... I don't know if I want him on my roster. He's taken up a spot, and he's not appreciably better than the people we have as backups to begin with. Yeah, and, and we have it on the screen for those of you listening. If you want to go find us on Warchain TV later, you can find the show on demand, and you'll see all the grades that we have up there. I'll pull them down in a second. But... This is clearly somebody that Alex Atkins looks at on film and says, I can fix him. You know, I, I think that's the case here. Atkins wouldn't take the guy. He's not only the O-line coach, he's the offensive coordinator. And I understand that Mike has the final call on anybody that's a take or not as a transfer. Sure, sure. But there has to be something to work with here. And clearly there's good. Clearly there is. I mean, there have it, yes. been moments where he's been good. In, in particular, he's had a stretch of four to five games where he was good in pass blocking, the same area in which he received a zero. Uh, there aren't as many moments run blocking, unless you count the East Carolina game and East Carolina's whatever. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I don't... The Florida game's tough, too, because that was a group that quit that night, right? I mean, that's the one where I left the uh, the postgame show and I went to quarter pocket because I, was, I wanted to watch South Carolina continue to do to Florida what they were doing through a quarter and a half and, and continue they did. 
So you wonder if that particular night, maybe the defensive line decided no mas for Dan Mullen. His inconsistency inconsistencies uh, seems to suggest that he lacks motivation. And if you're Alex Atkins, perhaps you feel like you can find it. You can inspire it. Hard to teach that size, obviously. If he's got enough bend and enough ability, uh, you know, Alex, like you said, more than anybody else would know exactly what he has in the way of depth, quality depth, lack thereof. If he sees something in the kid that is coachable and he thinks he can get something out of him, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to second guess Alex Atkins. He's right now earned our trust. So, if if that's true, then you would look upon this in a positive light if we offer, and he and he and he's coming here, because that you would say then that okay, well he thinks he can get something out of him. I'm going to trust that he can, and if he can, we now have some viable depth. Here's an interesting question. Then we don't say this often about Florida State and the coaching staff, but could it be that in this case, if you come to Florida State to play for Alex Atkins as an offensive lineman? you are getting superior coaching mm-hmm. than you would if you're getting coaching from an offensive line coach in South Carolina. You think that's fair to say? Yeah, I think it's fair to say. I don't say that much about kids going from a university in the Power Five to Florida State. Hopefully that changes, and hopefully it's changing, but you don't hear that talking point enough of no. you're going to get superior development at Florida State, like anywhere. But maybe that's the case at this particular position group, so maybe this is a coach who can get something out of a kid whose numbers reflect that of inferior coaching. Or a lack of internal motivation, uh, whatever it might be. Whatever you got to do to get yourself ready to play or care to play, whatever it might be, whatever lights your fire, it's been lacking uh, across weeks uh, of the season, and that can't be the case. That is always something that is a little unnerving. I never, you know, the the phrase, uh, it's better to say whoa than giddy up. I I, I get nervous about guys that we're having to say giddy up to. I I would think that if you're playing big-time college football, you have enough what for in you that, and you're enough of a competitor that you'd like to go out there and, and maul and dominate and win. I mean, you're competing to win. That's the idea. You want to win. I, if somebody lacks the motivation to want to go win and not embarrass themselves and be there for their teammates, then I, I, I worry about taking guys like that. I Maybe that's not what it is. I don't know. He could have had injuries. I don't know. Well, if he's around campus, then they're vetting that very question right now. Yeah, you talk about the psychology of a young man. You sit across from him and figure out what this is. Given how detailed this operation is, and and I know that you know if you're assessing things based on the elite camp last weekend and, and the lack of recruiting momentum for the 2023 class, I hear that, and that's all legitimate. But that's not the same thing as saying they're not organized. This group, when you arrive on oh, campus, they're very organized. They yes. know exactly what they're doing. I feel like we're doing the same thing we just did the last segment, where we fall back on eh, they're trying. They are. They are trying. Well, in this case, it's important because you got to decide whether this player is a take, mm-hmm. and that's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna accuse them of not doing their homework on a player. They know how critical every one of these moves are. Notice something, by the way. You just referenced it because it's a topic amongst Florida State fans. It's certainly on the minds of many, as it should be the lack of real momentum for the 2023 class. This is where we talk about, once again, at some point, there have to be results. I go all the way back to where I, basically the end of last season when I first said on the air, if Mike doesn't win next year, in my opinion, he's a dead man walking. And people took it at first to mean that I thought he was on the hot seat. I don't think he's on the hot seat. He's not going to get fired after this season. 
I mean, very highly unlikely. I mean, he'd have to you know do something awful, two and ten type thing. But no, I don't think he's on the hot seat. But that doesn't matter. Whether he gets fired at the end of this year or two and three years from now is irrelevant. It's that, is he the guy to turn it around and win and win big here at Florida State the way that we're hoping, the way that we, when we hired him and brought him in here, that's what we tasked him with the responsibility of doing. And there are still question marks about whether or not he is the guy. Well, those questions are asked most notably, not by you and me, but by players, by high school players deciding where they're going to play football. And there's no reason for them from afar to 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 what? To go, well, it looks like they're more organized. I'll go there. That's not how this works, man. <laughs> they're looking at Florida State. Are they a viable team? Can they win the conference, play for the championship, perhaps get to the college football playoff? Do I go to the NFL if I go there? Are they going to get the most out of me? Am I going to win a bunch of games? Because, you know, I'm getting offers from, I don't know, Georgia, Ohio State, places where I know they're going to win because their track record is showing me that they are. He's got to have the season that gets those guys excited to come here, and then you'll find momentum for whatever year's class you want to talk about. It, we're done with the, okay, we're patching it together. This transfer portal guy comes here. This is the last season where that needs to be the case. This needs to be largely built on the backs of elite players coming out of high school that you create culture with, you build up, they wait their turn, they come in and they play, they get it. They learn behind the other guys in front of them while you're winning games. All of that, the system, everything about it, right? This has to be the last year of that. And if you don't win this year, you're not going to bring in quality players the following season and the following season. This just gets protracted. So you don't feel any momentum for 2023 right now? Well, no blank, guys. We've sucked. Of course there's not a lot of momentum for Florida State in recruiting. They're 5-7. and seven. Why? Who who who's coming out of high school that's like you know, I mean they're outliers. They're guys that maybe either are uh, legacy, or they're guys that for whatever reason just grew up and loved Florida State, and they the idea of playing for Florida State's great. Very few who are just objectively looking across the board or looking here right now saying that's a place. If I'm an elite player, you're just not. But you might if they go out and go nine and three this year, eight and four this year, and let's say they go eight and four with a win over LSU and a win over Florida at the end of the year. Okay, now we're cooking with gas. We're looking at some things now where that kid who's unsure goes, you know. I like that coach, and they beat Florida and LSU last year, and they won eight games, and they were second in the ACC. I think they're upwardly mobile. I bet by the time I'm a junior, we're going to win and win big. I like this guy. The hard part about that, and and I hear you, and usually I push back on things like this. This is where I doubly agree. Maybe I go a step farther, is if kids are waiting for results, by the time they're going to see the results, they've got 10 weeks before they sign. Mm Mm-hmm. So the amount of work that this staff will have to do. You got to win like, early. For example, that bye week between LSU and Louisville. If you can start 2 and 0 and you can win the game in New Orleans, you got to do heavy work. That's the weekend of September 10th. You got to do heavy work that week. Visiting high schools, getting out there on the trail to show kids that hey, we just started 2 and 0 and we need you because this is not where we need it to be, but it's going in that direction. And then you have the other bye week on October 22nd. That might be too late. Like it's the work that you're going to have to do mm-hmm. in September that's going to be critical because if you don't have the momentum enough to get a lot of these kids on campus for an elite camp event like we had last weekend, 
then you're going to have to capitalize on on-field success and do so within hours of that success and secure those visits or secure an appointment to go see the kid in their high schools. Whatever it is, September is going to be critical, not just for the results on the field. But if you're going to try and get that class established, Correct. December is right around the corner. You don't have till February. I keep saying it. This is where even though they had a great, a good second half to the season after a disastrous start, you still would have had it. You would have liked it to be reversed. you got to win the damn games when kids are making these decisions, and that's the first four to five games of the year. You've got to do that, and they didn't. They sucked. They were 0-4. So it, you, it can't happen that way. It's great that they did bounce back and they didn't quit and all that, la, la, la. But they didn't, they didn't win the games early in the year to create momentum for the class. So it, it doesn't exist. And if they go out this year and they're one and two, three, three games, and they lost to LSU and Louisville, which is distinctly possible, it's also possible they win those games. But if they lose them and they're one and two, we're done. We're done. They got no chance. It won't matter what they do the rest of the way. They're screwed. Right. You're talking about for the future, yeah, not I'm necessarily not, the season yeah, in front but of I mean, us. But yeah. I, and I'm telling you, man, you know this is true. Let them. This fan base is done. They're exhausted. We have not mattered in September and forever. Our Since season has basically been over. When September, late to September hit, we were like, hey, well, thanks for the season. It's all over but the shouting. Right. What am I doing here? Watching a bunch of empty games, hoping like hell the team that I root for and love wins a few of them. But it's not changing where they're going. They're not They're not appreciably better and in a better situation because they win a few of these middling games against suck-ass ACC teams that nobody cares about. They have got to win these games early. And I, I'll go back and circle it over and over again. You could be whatever against LSU. Now, don't get blown out. That would be stupid. But if you lose, if you do, big if, they could win it. If they lose 27-24 and it's a great game, okay, they're 1-1. One one. Right. That Friday game against Louisville, baby, mm-hmm. that is the fulcrum moment. That is it. That You better win that game. I'll never be more nervous. <laughs> if you look at the slate of games, it's crazy. It's like, well, where do you think you'd be most nervous? It's that one. It's that game if they lose to LSU. Now, what if they beat LSU? When they're 2-0. and All right, 2-1. The pressure is to not get blown out. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, they, if you get blown out by Louisville, but you know what, what I mean? You but but you, that's what I'm saying. It undoes it. You, you just went through the... Everything. You went through those emotions. It just invalidated the win that I just gave you over LSU. You're like, what the hell? No. So then you're fake because LSU's fake. So the Louisville game, no matter what matters, it's is what big, you just told me with your response. Agreed. I, yes, it's a huge game. That's the one I circle. Timmy, I'm not talking for you. I'm talking generalized for the fan base, man. And, and I, yes, you're unwaveringly going to support and love this team, as we all do as Knowles, no matter what, whether they're 1-9 and nine or whatever, you're going to root for them. I got it. It doesn't matter if you give up on them or if I give up on them. We're talking about the basis for elite recruiting classes and winning over the casual fan, the one that lives in Orlando or down in South Florida that has to buy tickets to come to games. They're not coming. I love electronic interactivity like in Twitter with quote tweets and stuff like that, just try and make it an analogy into real life. That would be like going to somebody presenting a speech, and then from the crowd you say, speak for yourself. Well, you're here. Yeah, yeah, I am, of course. Yeah, but you're here, listening to the... Yeah, no, no. Neither here nor there. Hamilton Home Loans, Chad and Shannon... They care deeply about Florida State. Man, do they care deeply about Florida State. So it is that if you call about the mortgage process and you're a little bit intimidated and you say, I need to speak to Shannon, 
part of the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. I want to talk to Shannon. And uh, he'll take every opportunity that he has to sit down and talk to you, not only about this process and ease your mind and tension about all of this, but also he'll talk a little Florida State football with you, just like I'm doing. Passionately so. 844-FSU-LOAN. Get straight to it. Five-star mortgage experience and process. You could also, if you don't want to give him a call, FSUHomeLoans.com. Look him up online, FSUHomeLoans.com or 844-FSU-LOAN. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. You get a shiver in the dark, it's raining in the park, but meantime... Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. How oh, did we get here so fast? Goodness gracious. All right, Tom, you told me something during the break. I'll make some guesses for you. Come on, bring it on. Let's go. Let's go. Bring it up, All and right. then we'll do a standalone tomorrow, and I'll do something on the college sports book for this. So here's the uh-huh. news. Uh-huh. DraftKings Sportsbook. Which, whatever. could be any sports book, really. It's just we'll take a it. real sports book. That's all you need. They have the 2022 ACC projected win totals. All right. So all let's right. just start with the meat and potatoes. Get right to it. We're late in the show. Plus, we got to do probables. I'm going to guess Florida State's is six and a half. You're going to nail that one. Six okay. and a half for Florida State. Yep. Like okay. the over. Now, the thing to watch is I, I don't have the odds. So it could be over six and a half, like minus yeah, 180 or juice? something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. Juice to the so over, juice to the this under. This is just about setting the number. We can get into those details tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, Who do you want to know next? Six and a half is the number for Florida State. I'm taking the over. Yep. I think they go seven and five. You want to stick to the big programs or you want me to go? I want to go by straight line? to the other one where we just got done talking about how important the, uh, the okay. game is the Louisville game. All right. Okay, what's, so what's the number? Seven and a half. Six and a half. Okay, same Identical. as Florida State. I yep. think they're seven and five as well. I'm going to go over with them. All right. Wake How about, Forest. Yep, that's okay. Wake Forest, what do you think? Seven and a half. Eight and a half. Under. Interesting. Under. Get the hell out of here with that defense. Yeah. Your defense is garbage. Those power poles would disagree. They'd 92nd say. last year, their defense. They're going to get toasted. No. How about Miami. Oh, people, uh, they're in love with Miami. Uh, eight and a half? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, eight and a half. Yeah, well done. Yeah, All right. yeah. Well, they got Texas A&M this year, too. That's a toughie. NC State. Well, I, um, eight and a half. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Good yeah. number. I'm going over on that, by the All way. All right. Uh, let's take a look at Pitt. Last year's ACC champion. They're going to be overvalued. They're, no, they're going to have their uh, – that's going to be too high. Uh, You're correct. Y- yeah, they're eight and a half. Eight and I'm a half. I'm going under, under, under. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. How about the GOATs? And the I don't mean- GOATs, North Carolina? Yeah. Oh, well, that ought to fall off a cliff. There you go, Matthew. Who's the bum playing quarterback for them? No, seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah, I've got – right, we're, right. we're on this. All right, next. How about Duke? Two and a half? Three. There you go. Okay. You like the yeah. over. You yeah, like the yeah, over yeah. there. Two, two and a half, right. yeah. yeah. And finally, we'll go with Clemson. What do you think from Clemson? Oh, uh, eight and a half. 
Ten and a half. Yep. All right. Nailed it. You're on it. Yeah. You're yeah. ready. Ten and a half. I'm oh, ready. wait a minute. Here's an interesting one. I'm for locked you. in, baby. Look at that. Now, Boom. I don't know what their out of conference schedule looks like. I'm sure it's terrible, but uh, BC. BC. Oh, oh Jesus. Uh, five and a half. Six and a half. Okay, pretty close. I'm going yeah. under. So they think that it's us, Louisville, and BC all around the same. Now, it's not ACC win total. That's just your total 12-game win total. But they have us in the same ballpark. FSU minus 110 over under six and a half on FanDuel. Yeah. Minus really? One. Yeah. A straight play on the over. Mm-hmm. Straight play on the over. Interesting. Yeah. I'll take FSU and lay the yeah minus lay the wood. That's yeah. what you'll do. <laughs> Probables, cue it up. Maybe with a little seals and croft. Oh, you can't do it, can you? No. Damn it, man! No, there's no rule that says when somebody passes away, you can start using their music. Heartless bastards, just like the Live Golf Group. There you go. Fire it up. It's time for how you say with the pitching, uh, probably. Tigers and Pirates, two to one. Tigers in the eighth. Let's go, Buckos. Alex Fredo, uh, Fredo started for the Tigers. The Pirates started Mitch Keller, who's actually having a good game. Blue Jays, Royals. That's a three to one Kansas City lead. You Kikuchi. Brady Singer goes for the Royals. D-backs, Reds. That's this evening. Merrill Kelly and Mike Miner. Mariners, Astros. Logan Gilbert, Jose Irquiti. Nationals, Marlins, Josiah Gray, and Sandy Alcantara. Cubs, Orioles, Marcus Stroman, Jordan Lyles, Cardinals, Rays, Packy Naughton. See Tyler Walls went yard the other night to win it? Taylor, yeah. Taylor, what? I call him Tyler. Oh, how quickly you forget when the good ones leave. Packy Naughton. Go over to Packy Naughton's place. Let's get lit. You know who's pitching for the Twins last night? Not Packy Naughton. Cole Sands. Was he really? Yeah, got lit up by the Yankees, but who doesn't these days? Corey Kluber going to go for the Rays. Rangers, Guardians, Dane Dunning, and Shane Bieber. Athletics, Braves, Jared Cunning, and Ian Anderson. Packy Naughton's got an open, open an Irish bar. I mean, what are we doing? What, I mean, come on. Tommy, meet me over at Packy Naughton's. It's a smoking bar. <laughs> And it's Naughton's, but you can get yeah, a packy. You yeah, can get a packy. Yeah. There's a packy special. Oh, man. Yankees, Twins, Nestor Cortez, Chris Archer. Nestor. Dodgers, White Sox, Tony Gonsolin, and Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto is still in the freaking league. Phillies, Brewers, Aaron Noah, Adrian Hauser, Red Sox, Angels, Nathan Abaldi, Reed Detmers, Mets, Padres, Chris Bassett, and Sean Manai. Rockies, Giants, Antonio Cincinnati, and Alex Wood. That's a look at those that shall reside on the bump. We're going to project win totals in the National Football League from before based on not a sports book, but rather strength of schedule numbers. Okay. You think the 49ers are at, by the way? Just for fun. Ooh, in flux is where they're at as a roster. Correct. Oh, 17-game season, 10.5. is the line, the official line that's out there, but uh, projected win total based on schedule is 9.8. Of course, this all comes back to whether or not uh, certain players remain. Mm -hmm. They told uh, Garoppolo to stay away from minicamp. I don't think any veteran quarterback, uh, you know, it's not a necessity necessarily. Well, but they're also not starting him. They're trying to unload him. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just save stable. yourselves. Don't save get us. hurt, dude. We're trying to get rid of you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Good work out of you. Good work. 
Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great Balls McWednesday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.